0: Coming up, Nancy tackles the tall-enough-to-ride years, also known as the you-gotta-pay-for-em-now years. That's next. From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Unplugged Disneyland Edition, episode five fifty-six, for the week of March sixth, 2015 I can't say sixth, two thousand sixteen. The Diz Disney Unplugged Disneyland Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan the perfect Disneyland vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I am your host Tom Bell, and I'm joined by my good friends Nancy Johnson. Hey. Mary Jo Malata-Willie. Hello. And Michael Bowling. Hey there. Hi there. How there. All right. So a few weeks ago, we had a segment where Nancy talked about making sure your kids get their best Disneyland experience. This is all about the kids. Who cares about the parents? Um, and so we covered, like, the, the free years. So these are the not free anymore years, but still not an adult ticket years yep. right you bet Whew, okay cool
1: you bet so we're talking basically three and a half to four um you know depending on how long you could sneak them in after they turn three um <laughs> to nine
0: mm. we we mm. thought about doing that no 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 we thought about doing that. We contemplated doing that. And then our Disney guilt kicked in and we bought them a damn ticket.
1: Yeah, I know that feeling. I know that feeling. <laughs> um, my girls just happen to look little for a lot longer than they should have. <laughs> and they still, people still ask them, you know, how old are you now? When they're 9 and 11. So we have now moved out of this phase for the most part. But we still have some challenges that are in this phase. Okay, so this is the age where your kids are finally starting to grow enough that either they run to the height stick every time they go to an attraction with a, with a height restriction or they're finally big enough and you reach the challenge of should they ride? What will their experience be when they ride? All that kind of stuff. So, um, so gosh, golly. Um, it, these are some challenging years for parents because you want your kids to get the most out of the parks, but you also want them to explore a little farther. You want them to push their limits or test their limits, um, but you also don't want to make them afraid of the park in any way. Especially if you are a big Disney fan and you're you're back at Disneyland on multiple co- opportunities. So that can play to your advantage or your disadvantage. If this is your only vacation um, and your only chance to come out, then you obviously want them to have the best time. So how do you approach this? Especially, I know I had timid children. Now your West Tom, he was not here <laughs> as timid. He was always no. all over everything. But um, yeah, so was Kelly. The
0: the rides, yes. He he. The dark spaces, no. I mean, he disliked the beginning of the Haunted Mansion. He hated the queue for Indiana Jones. He when, R- had no problems with the rides. Didn't like the queue. I,
1: I know. I've told the story about when I was six years old and I spent all my time with my head in the tour guide lady's lap on pirates of the caribbean so once i saw that talking skull and crossbones that kind of did me in (laughs) even though there was inherently nothing weird about the ride it still was enough and you know my Mm -hmm. kids for the first few years of this age bracket didn't want anything to do with pirates of the caribbean now they're finally okay with it but it it took a long time just because of one, you know, scared of the dark, frightful opportunity. Um, you know, they're finally okay with the Haunted Mansion as well. So, you know, it's, it's rough. And then you have the kids who are, you know, who are just turning four, and they're okay with the Tower of Terror. So, there's such a range. So, how do you judge um what your kids are going to be able to handle and you kind of have to look to your daily life to do that um you know if you have questions you know thank god we live in the youtube era you know you can go on to our website at wdwinfo.com slash disneyland and you can check out ride videos you can you know Show them photographs of the experiences. You can you can prep them, but then, you know, you also risk the, do you want to spoil the experience for them ahead of time? Do you want them to discover it? So it's up to you and your individual family to make those decisions. Nobody's going to judge you one way or another. Oh, no, we will. <laughs> okay, some people on the boards may, you know, some people may not. <laughs> yeah, right. But, you know, certainly ask around and you're going to get a wide range of we did this, we did that stories. Well, how do you handle it once you get into the park, though? That's a big thing. Um, you know, planning your day, you, you may want to test. Okay. When you're planning your day, in the park, or when you get into the park and you've got X, Y, and Z attraction that you guys really want to go on, um, keep in mind that if you push your child or your child has a bad experience at this age or stage, it could ruin, it could either make their entire day or it could cast a shadow on the consecutive experiences throughout the rest of your day that could change how you, um, visit the park. And I think some families really aren't prepared for that possibility. For instance, I went with, I went, um, for on a birthday party with my daughter and a group of her friends, um, we got invited to go along because we had passes Um, one of the children was celebrating and so we had a group of kids that also went along that had passes and one of the girls basically was afraid of a lot of things and she thought she was going to like the experience um you know they talked her into going on an attraction and she spent the rest of the day Kind of freaked out, so the to the point where her her response um, was to not go on an attraction she had been looking forward to all that day because her mood had just kind of been ruined. So thankfully, you know, coming going to the parks as much as we do, I was fine with sitting it out with her and taking her around into the shops and other things like that, while the other girls went on rides together. So. If you can't predict what your child's going to do, always kind of keep something like that in the back of the mind that you're going to have to change your game plan. Now, the basic rides, certainly the kid rides, um, that you took them on or you look to take them on as the younger age bracket, the infant to toddler age bracket, um, those attractions still will probably be decent and valid for the for this age bracket as well. And in fact, they may end up being standbys. Um, some kids, some kids will be all excited to do a new attraction, will be all excited to do a, um, like, say, for instance, if they hadn't gone on Gadget's Go Coaster as a toddler, they may say, oh, wow, you know, I'm big enough now, and I'm really good, and I, I want to try this. But the closer they get to the, the front of the line, the more the apprehension may set in. As with any anxiety, it takes time to build. So...
0: Do you remember the good old days when the Matterhorn had the same height requirement as Gadget's Go Coaster? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: You know? My my
2: my daughter went on it when she was three years old. That's back Uh, when they could sit in our laps. yeah. Yeah.
1: And and now, you know, we can't hold on to them. We can't give them that extra comfort and reassurance because everybody's in a separate seat. And so that's kind of changed the Matterhorns ballgame a little bit. It's made uh-huh. it definitely a little more of an older kid's coaster, that, and with yeah. Harold being as predatory as he is throughout the attraction. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... One of the things to suggest is, you know, if it's a new experience, check the line length before you agree to go on it. Or encourage your child to try it at a period when the wait time isn't, you know, 60 minutes or 45 minutes or something like that. So, you know, definitely like really a lot earlier in the day would be a good a good time for that or with a fast pass would be the best time to try a new attraction that way they don't have as long to wait through the line to get anxious or worried. Yeah. Um, that certainly is a first, a first good jump. So I would recommend trying it that way. Also kids are more, able to cope with things earlier in the day when they're more awake, when they're less tired. So maybe trying new attractions or bigger attractions in the morning, that'll also buy you more recovery time should they get that pallor to them.
2: Also, Nancy, don't you think that it's a good idea to um, do certain attractions before you try other ones? Yes. Like, I, I wouldn't take kids... I would... I think we kind of
0: talked about that last segment too, right?
1: Well, Could have. but it's much more, <laughs> but, it's but, much but more even applicable when in older. this situation because now they're old enough to ride the coasters. Right. You know, they're tall enough to ride the coasters. So, for instance, um, you know, I would stair step. I would stair step. Big Thunder Mountain Railroad before I would, I would take on Space Mountain.
0: Right. Or. As you can see, yeah.
1: You know. Or maybe even, um, Goofy Sky School. Right. Then Big Thunder. The, you know, you can see all of Goofy Sky. That's the benefit to Goofy Sky School is you can sit there and watch it and you can see exactly what the track does.
0: Goofy Sky School has a little bit so, ta- uh, higher. So there's no surprises
1: higher. as to what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, uh, Thunder Mountain's a little bit um, lower height requirement, though. So they can go on th- Right, yeah, because,
1: because it doesn't so they have can, the drops. Spe-
0: they can go on Thunder I- Mountain before they can go on Goofy Sky School.
1: Yeah, so that's, once again, another thing. Or um, even the jellyfish... Obviously, trying the jellyfish before Tower of Terror. I would see how they would respond to things like, um, you know, Star Tours. In You know, are they good with the dark? Are they good with surprise motions? Before you would do something like Tower of Terror. Um, you know, I would check their ability to... Handle speed. Maybe Radiator Springs Racers might be a good a good judge of speed. It's not that fast, and it's got the brake. You know, it's got the. Um, well, I mean, while it's fast enough to do the racing thing, certainly the up and down is Radiator Springs Racers shorter than Big Thunder? Or same as Big Thunder.
0: Oh, the height requirement. I'm sorry. The height requirement. It's it's my the same as Big Thunder. It's the same as Big Thunder. I thought you were talking about the time okay. of the ride. I'm like,
1: what? Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought <laughs> no,
0: it's, a, I would, it's the same. Frankly, same requirement.
1: Frankly, I would. I would really, honestly try them on Radiator Springs Racers first before I would take them on Big Thunder. Uh-huh. You've got more people in a car. You're not. You feel <laughs> a lot safer. And you and get a, a little bit kind of, of those dippy speed things.
0: Hmm? Yeah, you just get a little bit of speed.
1: Right. And you get that, you know, you get that little, that same drop and duck at the, um, at the, um, at the finish line. It's that almost that same kind of drop and duck as when you're coming around um, through one of the tunnels. You know, when you come out of one of those curves, you get that same kind of drop and duck. On Big Thunder. Mm-hmm. You know what I, you guys know what I mean from the way the track runs? It's nearer to the mm-hmm. end of the ride.
3: But you yes, get that the little, little bunny, down and a dip. Hops.
1: Yeah, the little bunny hop. And then it's like, it's not right before the dinosaur, but it's close to it. Anyway, um, so little things like that can make a difference. So, some of the things that they're, let's, let's review some of the rides that they'll be asking to go on in Disneyland that actually have height restrictions. So, we're looking at, um, we're looking at obviously the coasters. We're looking at Big Thunder, Space Mountain. Um, we're looking at Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones is a little, Different now, what would you guys say would be a good one to try before you did indie?
2: Um, definitely uh, Big Thunder Mountain, Indiana Jones is a little bit more
3: um, M- mis- Mr. To twelve, right, yeah, I was even thinking Snow White because our granddaughter is afraid of Snow White, but not all the other attractions,
1: oh Pinocchio. Ugh. <laughs> Pinocchio you get the you know you get a few big really big kind of scary looking things in Pinocchio too, but yeah, those are all good suggestions, you know if they can't handle, if they definitely can't handle the trees in snow White the um pleasure island and and uh Monstro the whale in Pinocchio and if they can't handle the hell scene in Mr Toad's. That's definitely a big sign to stay away from Indy.
0: Well, and luckily, Indy um, has a slight, slightly higher height requirement, so they'll have to be a little older for that one anyway.
1: Yeah. Yep. Um, let's see. Um, what am I missing? I know I'm missing something. Oh, Splash Mountain. Splash Mountain would be a great one to try them on. That's definitely, um, <sighs> you know, what would you do first, Matterhorn or Splash Mountain? Splash Mountain. I would do Matterhorn before Splash Mountain.
0: Really? Yeah,
2: okay. because when the kids when the kids see because Spl- the Matterhorn, everything's kind of inside the mountain, and it's 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 a gradual run down even though it's kind of jerky and stuff it's still gradual right you don't get the straight. yeah yeah, splash mountain when they go up to it they're going to see that big drop and sometimes kids are a little bit afraid when they see the drop um before and and won't even attempt to go on the ride so so i think some of the what helps the children too is if you it's kind of hard for for um the movie song of the south because we we, we can't get it here or anything like that but telling them the story and and i think building up the characters that are in there and what they're going to see would help um garner like interest in the children before you take them on splash mountain and some of the other those other attractions Matterhorn is a little bit different i see where you're coming from because you do have harold in there and harold can be kind of um Scary to younger children. And, and for so, those of
1: us who don't know who, for those listening who, um, may not have ever heard it called Harold before, <laughs> but Harold is the Yeti.
2: That's, that's a local name for the Yeti in, in the Matterhorn. And it can be kind of scary for kids. Uh, they've made it a, a little bit more frightening character. Uh, I don't want to say frightening. Well, yeah. He's yeah. Mad. I mean, he, he
1: stalks he you up you the lift hill. He yeah. he growls after you all the way up the lift hill as if he's following you. I mean that's what that would that's what completely freaked my daughters out on it. The one thing so, about Song of the about Splash Mountain though is you're going to be getting cartoonish characters. There's nothing yeah, right. inherently scary about the characters you're going to see on the ride. And it, most Kids who have gone to a local park, you know, anywhere else in the country, will have experienced a log flume at some point, because log flume rides are popular at all the at all the Six Flags locations. Um, there's a log flume. at... Isn't there a log flume at Knotts? Yep. Yep. There's almost. Oh yeah, that's like to
2: me, that's the original yeah. log ride. Is that yeah. Knott's Farm? Yes. So, but I went one of the things that I would take into consideration is that this is also their vacation and for it did a lot of every parents different. But when my kids were that age, my daughter was a year younger than my, it still is a year younger than my son. <laughs> she, she would go on everything. He was more timid. He didn't like the dark rides. And even, you know, you guys know the sing along uh, videos that, that they yeah. have. Well, there's a oh, sing along yeah. Disneyland songs, video. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Well, in the, Disneyland sing-along song sing-along songs there's this one where they show they go where they go down Splash Mountain my son was convinced that you went underwater and that we would drown (laughs) he didn't go on for like two years after seeing that on Splash Mountain even when I took him to the other side and said look son they're they're coming out on the other side everybody's fine in his mind it was something different so I told him I said you know what this is your vacation too you don't have to go on it but it you have to understand it's my vacation too. And I want to go on it. So he would go now he was a little bit older. He was probably like six and you guys will probably ding me on this, but Kelly, Nick and I would go through the line and he would cross on the other side. And I sit, tell him, go stand by the cast member while Kelly and I go have fun. And you sit there and you have your own, um, you know, you don't have to go on the ride. I never made him feel bad about it. And Kelly and I went on the ride. And when we came back 30 seconds later or whatever, he was, he was there. He, Now, some parents are a little bit more cautious, and they don't want to leave their children by themselves. Um, To me, during the daytime, he was. we had been at Disneyland several times. I knew that he wasn't going to be afraid and that he wouldn't run away or anything. So it was fine for me to leave him there for that kind of ride. I took my nephews, and we had to tailor our rides because the older nephew was more timid than the younger nephew again. But I... Being that they weren't my children, I was just more cautious and so I wouldn't do that. It was just if the older one didn't want to go on the rides right. then we would go on the rides. He wanted to go on. We would go on the train. We would go on the other you know, the kids love the trains. Yeah. Ooh. The kids love the exploring parts. So we would go do those type of attractions. And this
1: brings up and this brings up a good point that if you want to ride with another child, um you know, while when they're little and they're under the height requirement, you can use rider swap or child swap or whatever you want to call it. When they are tall enough to go on a, on an attraction, and the and it's because of fear that they don't want to go on the attraction, that rider swap is not available to you because they are tall enough to go on the attraction. So you. Don't have as much choice to be able to sit out, you have to pretty much sit out at the end of the ride and wait um, for your party. you know, you pretty much all have to go out to go together. So if one of you is gonna sit out, um, that's pretty much it. You're sitting it out. So leaving a child who is old enough and mature enough to stand on his own and wait there by the exit turnstile, which is very viable to do in almost every Disneyland attraction area, that may be your only choice. So that's something to keep in mind. But you cannot ride or swap when you have two children that are old enough, you know, when you have children that are old enough to actually go on the ride tall yeah, especially when the they're ride. seven, yeah, especially when they're seven years old and they can go on the ride by
0: themselves. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say, we should talk about the, the seven year old rule, yes,
1: definitely. So, as Tom just mentioned, there is a seven year old rule. So, if a child is seven, they are old enough to go on a ride or have a ride vehicle portion to themselves, which means like on maters, on um air on aerials whatever um they can actually ride in their own vehicle now not all of the not all you know rides will give them their own vehicle you know by themselves, but no yeah, no. But, but but
0: they can also use the single rider line at yes seven years they old. can
1: use the single rider lines so that and if they're old enough and mature enough, you know certainly when they're on the the towards nine and that, you know, they could easily do that single rider line with no problems. So on, and especially on things like Soren, that's a great one to do single rider on because everyone leaves out through the same exit. Mm -hmm. So you can easily wait for your child if you have any worries. That's no problem. What I would do is I would send a parent through first, Whenever you're going to do single rider with a yes, child in this age yeah. bracket, have the child have the have a parent ride first and have the child ride second. Because if you're not going to be put into the same vehicle or the same show, then you want the parent to be able to come out first and wait for the child. I think mean, that's pretty pretty much of a decent compromise to all of that.
2: So what's also fun is in the dark rides when they're, when they hit seven years old, Yes. um, the one thing that my kids liked when Nick turned seven, he and Kelly would ride like parts, um, yep. excuse me, Peter Pan, they'd go either in front of me or behind me and they felt so independent yes. so grown up because they didn't have to ride with me. Yep. And so that's a great way of, you know, giving them a little, letting them think they're independent without, um. You know, without having to, you know, and still watching over them and everything, which is really cool.
1: Yeah, and Zoe and Lily do that all the time. They love to ride on Little Mermaid together. And it's so fun because Zoe will put her arm around Lily during the Flotsam and Jetsam part because Lily's still a little scared of Flotsam, Jetsam and Ursula. And it's really cute to watch them. So yeah, that makes it kind of fun. And Peter Pan, they actually did Peter Pan together in their own vehicle, um, last time we went. So, a few weeks ago. So yeah, it's, it really is a great way to, um, to give them that slightly independent sense. And if we don't want to go on something that they want to go on, that certainly gives us the option to, to wait for them at the exit, especially if there's a short line. To, you know, to board. So, um, gosh. So we've, we've talked about a lot of the different attractions. We've talked about some strategies for, um, building up courage for the rides. We've talked about, Um, some of the different rides to go on. Oh, one of the things I should mention is some of, on a few of these rides, there are, like, for instance, Silly Symphony Swings. That was one of the thing. one of the great things I thought they added when they converted it from the orange is they added some tandem swings, which they didn't have before. And that's great because for a first timer to, you know, get up the courage to go on the Silly Symphony Swings, they can still ride right next to mom or dad. Or whatever grown up they, you know, they've talked into going on it with them. <laughs> and so that can build up a lot of courage too because you can ride with your arm around the child. In in some respects, that's one of the great things about our Space Mountain over Florida's Space Mountain is, you know, taking a first-timer child, you're right next to them. That's one of the pros about Florida's Splash Mountain over our Splash Mountain is that you can ride next to them in Florida. Um, whereas we've got the one behind the other logs here. So look at that. Um, possibility or that aspect when they're starting a new attraction. Um, so when kind of looked at that, um, let's talk about other experiences in the parks. So for instance, um, parade shows, anything with an interactive component, you know, when they're in this age bracket, they're more likely to um, go and be brought about and interact a lot more heavily with the characters, the performers, you know, if they're pulled out or singled out for um, something special. Say even, um, you know, they're old enough to play musical chairs with Alice and the Mad Hatter. They're old enough to, you know, go and be by themselves at a meet and greet. You know, they don't rely on holding mom and dad's hand in a meet and greet anymore. So you can get a lot more, um, social interaction with them at this point. You know, if, if there's ever a time when the parade interacts with the people alongside the parade route, like, um, Mm, bring my um oh which one am i thinking of the move it shake it celebrated parade
0: pixar play parade
1: the pixar play parade you know where they can um anytime where there's a show or an event or something where the performers will come to the children in the crowd and interact with them or bring them up do we have any shows like that currently? I'm trying to remember. Um, Not really. Do no. the little green army men react? Did the
2: little green well, there's there's different ones. For instance, the five and dime, the kids dance with them. Okay. They'll yeah, they they pull them out to dance with them. So there's different. It depends which. Um, entertainment, live entertainment's happening. There's the musical chairs. Yes, right, with the Mad Hatter. There's a lot of
1: interaction that they can do. Right. Uh, you know, it used to be some of the parades, some of the parades or some of the, the smaller interactions, like when we had the Phineas and Ferb par- um, little mini parade where they would pull up and they would bring the kids out to do things with them. Um, the army men, I think, actually involved the kids at some point. So there's a lot more chance of um, of interaction in that respect this is also the time when they're going to bother you for things like the uh the boardwalk games underneath you know on paradise pier they're going to want to start going and playing the games all the time to win prizes they're going to want the fishing game yeah the fishing game where they can always take always home a
0: prize mean,
1: yes. um they can bug you for uh Just about anything. Oh, they're actually going to get a... You know, this is the age where they start getting a little bit of competitive spirit. You know, you're looking at Toy Story Midway Mania. You -hmm. know, Buzz Lightyear, Space Ranger Spin. You know, they're actually old enough to control the gun and learn to, you know, do the shooting gallery aspects. And, you know, start being a little more competitive with you. So fun things like that. Um... Let's see, we've talked about mostly attractions, shows. Oh, the obviously, what am I forgetting? Jedi Training Academy. You know, you've got children who are now the age where they can officially want to participate in things like that. So, you know, make sure you know the selection process, the rules, how to go about doing everything. Because I know there's a whole, we've talked about it in other shows, where there's a whole rigmarole to to getting to participate in Jedi training Academy.
0: Not anymore. It's fast pass now. So yeah. With the new ones. So,
1: So, but you got to know that if you, you know, if you have a kid who likes interaction at this age, you know, study up, which is, I guess one of the reasons why we're here (laughs) Um, to help with that. So, That's one big aspect in ensuring they have a good time at the park and, you know, getting them used to the different adventures, um, such like that. Let's move on to things like, um, food, for instance. You're now at an age where you're moving out of the toddler snacks, you're moving out, you know, you're moving into full food. Um, there is a separate bracket of kids' meals, um, that cater especially to the junior crowd as opposed to the, the toddler meal crowd. So you've got, um, slightly larger portion kids' items. You know, certainly if you have a kid who eats a lot, um, you know, a growing boy or, you know, a kid, or anytime they go through any of their grow spurts, they eat like crazy freaks. Um, you know, certainly now's the time where you can start introducing them to, um, different taste treats. You know, you don't have to stick to the kids' meals, especially if they are having bigger appetites. You know, you can certainly, um, teach them to share with you and have some of the, some of the grown-up dishes. I remember when Lily was in the, you know, had hit this age bracket. I mean, they still love the macaroni cheese kids' meals, but, Lily wanted things like, you know, barbecued pork. She loved pulled pork sandwiches. And so we would, she would end up, you know, splitting a sandwich with me and I would get an extra side or something to make up for it. You know, so I could have a a little more food. So. Look at how your child eats, you know, will the kids meals be enough during this age bracket, especially when you're starting to get nine around the age of nine and you have, um, growing boys, you know, they start getting the hollow legs. Well, yep. what was, what's the, Tom, you have the situation like that. What's the best, um, you know, what's the be- what was the best solution for you guys when West got older?
0: We would, it would be, yeah, sometimes he would get the kids meal and then share with Christy or, um, like the, the kids meal, the, the fried chicken kids meal at Plaza Inn is one chicken leg, which is totally not enough. Um, so I would, we, I would get the chicken also and give him my leg. And I I, I think Christy would too. So he would have two or three chicken legs to go along with his mashed potatoes and green beans for the, the kids meal. Um, we would also do, like, he would get a slice of, we'd do, a, like a slice of pizza at Pizza Port and then, or the, I don't know what to do with the kids meal. Maybe not. Um, he would, he, they would split the, the pasta at Pizza Port, things like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've done that. I've split. I've split. But my he's he's been out of kids' girls. meals
0: for so long.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would split my. I split my salads with the girls because I always like the salads over there at the Pizza Port. And yeah. we've actually, um we've actually done it where I have one daughter who does not at all like red sauce pasta, but we've gotten the kids pasta meal and we've asked for the white sauce, you mm. know, which is the chicken. Alfredo yeah. sauce. And they're more than happy to give that. Um, yeah. I believe you can even ask for just a second chicken leg um, when you go in and, or- and order chicken. I believe Probably. you can get charged for just yeah. an extra single piece of chicken. Mm-hmm. So you can add on to your kid's meal. Um, you know, there's all kinds of creative ways you can plan your food to... Deal with your child's expanding appetite during this age range as well. And then, of course, you know, the healthier snacks. My kids love picking up the mango in the the packet, you know, in the little plastic tubs at the fruit stands. Uh, You know, always smoothies are a big thing. So you can incorporate a few more healthy items into your kid's diet during During your Disneyland vacation as well. Now, Michael, you have a daughter in this, a granddaughter in this prime age bracket. Mm -hmm. So, what are some of your strategies with Lexi at this, at this juncture? Well, for just uh, for food, for for anything. I mean, she's moved past the toddler meals, correct?
3: Yeah, yeah, she eats now. The she eats the. Children's meals.
1: Have you run into yeah. any and of
3: that's not always enough for her though? Okay.
1: Right. Have you run so, into yeah?
3: We have to share. Have
1: you run into any of those that she just doesn't like?
3: Um, she doesn't care for the pizza, and um, I don't know if there's macaroni and cheese. She'll she'll go for that right away. She likes the the sandwiches at, at Jolly Holiday. Okay. And um, she likes the hot dogs. You know things like that, so um, so you know those are the yeah, tend to be the. You've
0: got to be really careful because the like you said, the kids' meals sometimes aren't enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, and and it's different in different places. Sometimes the mac and cheese is a good portion. Sometimes in some places it's a tiny little ramekin.
1: Yeah, right. And you know they've cut down on the size of the kids' meal um, at the in this age bracket at. Carnation Cafe. I know the macaroni and cheese used to be twice the size it is now.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. But then they give you, like, carrot sticks, which my kid won't eat, and apple slices or something, and it's like they're trying to do the healthy option, but if the kids aren't going to eat it, it's not helping.
3: Yeah, See, and Lexi will eat all of that. Sometimes we'll give her all of our fruit as well to help out. But usually we'll, she'll get a child's meal, and then we share with her yeah. from our plate. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Now, what are some of the other ways you guys have really appreciated this age, moving past the food, moving just into the general daily experience in the park? I think this is a fabulous age bracket now where you can start talking Disney with your kids. You can start (laughs) talking about why things are the way they are, because they're starting to ask questions more. They're starting to know... um, fantasy from reality a little bit not my kid (laughs) you know they they, some of them go into the how does that work stage especially in the older in the older part of this age range i know zoe always kind of wondered how things worked (laughs) So we, we always got a chance to have little explanations about certain things. It's a great chance to teach them a little history. It's a great chance to teach them a little bit about how the attraction relates to the real world.
0: I think West was six the first time we went to Walt Disney World. Yeah. And we did the, the dessert party at the Tomorrowland Terrace, which for Disneyland guests, that would probably be equivalent to where Plaza Inn is, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the, there's, there's a cable that happens to go directly <laughs> over yep. that area. Yeah. Um, Leads,
1: leading to Tink's mattresses.
0: <laughs> so I, 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 I think, I, I think I probably told this story before I, I told him it was, to power the wing to power the special lights that Tinkerbell has on her wings. Did he buy it? Um I think so. He was only six. No, he probably didn't. Oh yeah. He was six, so yeah, he may he might have. Yeah. He do they do ask questions, yes. I
1: I know Michael, you've talked many times on the show about how you talk to Lexi about, you know, the different things in the park and about Mr Disney and, and things like oh, that. Yeah.
3: Lexi's Lexi's fascinated by it. I mean she she has the Disney gene, unlike our children. Um
0: does <laughs> she, she, it, skip- it skip a generation? Is that what it does. <laughs> yeah, okay. It
3: must skip a generation. And she notices
2: everything.
3: She does. Oh, yeah, Mary Jo, you've noticed that. Yes. <laughs> she does uh, from a very early age. And when she was about two, when we took her on It's a Small World, she, she pointed out every single Disney character that there was. Uh, that blew me away for some reason. And, um, yeah, she's just into the details. She's into the story, but she's into the magic still. Right. Um, so she, she doesn't question how things are working yet.
0: Yeah, she'll get to Wesley's age and she'll be looking on YouTube and trying to figure out how things work. And yeah,
3: I think you're right. She will be studying and watching who does all the that. the um, Travel Channel specials. And yeah, mm-hmm. she already says she wants to work at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. So um,
1: nice. I think
3: right now she's in that I want to be a princess kind of. <laughs> <laughs> but it wouldn't surprise me if she <laughs> ever that she did work for the Disney company in some way.
1: That'll be too fun. That'll be too Mm -hmm. fun. Um, Mary Jo, what were Mm -hmm. Nick and Kelly like during this stage? Obviously, you've told us a few things, and you know, thank God Nick doesn't listen to the show. (laughs) I I
2: I, I did say he's a very independent young man. Put put in
0: the chat room, they're like, "How old is Nick again?"
2: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Sometimes I. But he has no idea I I'd talk about little Nikki. So. <laughs> but um, you went. Let me see. So Nick is a year older than Kelly, and they were six and seven when we first when we got our first annual pass, and then we'd go to Disneyland quite often, and so they're very familiar with Disneyland at that age. And like I said, they felt, you know, as soon as he turned seven, as long as Kelly was with him, the, them together, they've always been a good team that backed each other up, and I was just. Um, however I just I kind of let them walk a little bit ahead of me and feel really independent but just watching out for them all the time um, so that they thought that they did a lot of things on their own and I was saying in chat you know one of the things that the kids and I used to do is we used to play hide and seek on Tom Sawyer's Island mm-hmm. and we so, did that
3: now as a boy
2: did you it, and yeah. it was it was so much fun so you know Nick had to find Kelly and me and but Kelly being the younger one, Nick would be the you know the old. I tell him let her let her find us, and so he felt like the big brother. And he would when she would find us and say, "Ah, I found you." He would wink at me, you know, and stuff like that. And it was just a good good bonding time, and relatively easy. So we did a lot of that. We it he it did take him a while to get on a few of the rides, and it's just because I think when he was. Really young, and I took him on Pirates of the Caribbean. He just remembered the darkness, but once he realized, you know, when he realized, and by the time he was, you know, um, probably seven, six, seven, he went. He went on pretty much everything. He let me see the Matterhorn. He was already like eight before he went on that. Whereas Kelly was three the first time she went on it. So we would kind of tailor it. Um, We were more for having fun as a family as opposed to I remember when he was younger trying to get him trying to force him to ride um Space Mountain and I was telling him you know you have to ride this ride and he was and he really wasn't and then it hit me I go what am I doing to my son I, he, I it was his vacation as much as it was mine or you know our day at the parks and so I just kind of changed my attitude about let's just have fun and, and it when he's ready to go on that ride, that'll be a new adventure for all of us. And that's how I treated it with the kids for the most part. And as far as the food, a lot of times the two of them would share something. They would share a, a, a burger, an adult burger and I would just slice it in half and they would eat that and the fries and stuff. So we just worked it that way. A lot of times too, I made sandwiches and we would go, um, in the, to, to our car because um, that was before the structure. So we would just go to the the parking lot and go to California you know, grab Adventure. Our lunch and, yeah, we'd go to yeah, California Adventure now. Um but and we would have our lunch out of there because I was even though we had um annual passes, that was the big splurge of the year for me. And so we did I didn't have money to be going to restaurants every time we went and stuff like that. And they were perfectly fine. I told the kids this This is our treat, so don't ask me for souvenirs. And so they did it. And that's something you probably want to talk about too, Nancy's, about.
1: I was going to say, I was just thinking about that as you were saying it. Yeah. Um, was, before before you you get to that, about money was, before you get
0: to that real quick, um, yeah, you, you talked about annual passes, Mary Jo. I think if this, these ages are the perfect age for annual passes, because now, West is so busy with hockey, baseball, Boy Scouts, everything else going on in life. He doesn't have time right. to go to Disneyland.
2: Right. As yeah, as, as they get older, and then also sometimes their 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 interests change. Right. Kelly Kelly probably loves Disneyland as much as, or if not more than I do. Right. She goes there. She and her friends go there. Um. By themselves and, and they experience things. And so she has a, a true love. Nick, um, he likes it, but he has other interests that he's more focused yeah. on. So he's the occasional guest, whereas Kelly is, you know, there all the time.
0: Yeah. I'm
2: sorry, Nancy. Oh, no, shopping. no, no. And that's,
1: and, and that's actually perfect. Cause, you know, we're talking about going a lot. We're talking about kids in a prime age. And as one of the people in our chat room mentioned, as we were alluding to it, when you go a lot or when you're even going for just your first or maybe only time, this is also the prime age for what, um, for what Alice in the chat room referred to as the gimmies. <laughs> and you know where they also you know they're doing everything, they're seeing everything, and they want everything right and
2: so I so we used to always set up the expectations before we'd go, you know, with the kids, and even like when we would go with my cousins or what, or whatever, and we would say, you're gonna get one thing, um if you get it early in the in the day, you're gonna carry it. Or you could wait until we, before we leave and get whatever gift you want to get. And it's going to be one thing. It's not going to be everything you see.
1: Yep. And certainly, you know, the one definite approach is to do it that way. Another definite approach is to set a budget and say, you have X amount of money to spend and you can spend it how you like, but it's no more than X amount. So they could look at two little things or one bigger thing. Um, I'd say a good a good price range if you're talking in souvenirs, like if this is your only visit. Um, you know, certainly the price of a T-shirt or a sweatshirt might be a good limit.
2: Yeah, ours was, they were gonna get the sweat, the t-shirt anyway, and mine was pick, you know, something fun for them. Okay. That's, that's how, that's what we always did. Cause that, uh, the t-shirt was, that's
1: not a
2: fun souvenir. That's, close. Okay. Well, that's that, like yeah, socks, that's, close.
0: that's like socks for
1: Christmas. Well, if you're setting, <laughs> if you're setting a budget limit, you know, if you're telling the child this is your budget limit, that's true that's really good uh, uh, the price of a t-shirt is probably you know would cover your higher end and then certainly there are lots of lower end things that could make up that same dollar cost you know like the how much are those bouquets of lollipops yeah. <laughs> those are I think like five I think These it's like four ninety five for that yeah. little bouquet of like five lollipops they're either wrapped with a Mickey or a Pooh head. You know which ones I'm talking about.
3: Yeah. I oh, yeah. What you mean. yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're always at, uh, that used to be a thing that they would constantly ask for. And, you know, I would always, I would always try and put off the sugar things. You know, like the lollipops and stuff well, that isn't you know something you know i would I would inform them that that wouldn't be something that would last very long, whereas if they wanted a better souvenir that's something that they could take home and actually have right you know, consider the different options of what kind of souvenirs there are out there,
0: so you know that's- there are yeah there, i mean there are i I don't know that we ever bought candy like that as souvenirs. It's like that's you're not going to keep that, right? It's yeah, and you eat half of it and throw the rest away. I mean, if we if we got snacks, that's one thing, but but stuff like that is good for buy that and share it with your friends when you get home. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's like split it up and here here you go, little Billy. Here you go, little yeah. So, yeah.
1: And it's not like we have the dining program with the tons of leftover snacks like Florida. Right. You know, where if people go in the dining plan, they might find that they have like five snack credits left over, but get a whole bunch of Rice Krispie treats with them and take them home to give away as souvenirs.
0: So that's another fun thing might be to at this age start a collection of something.
1: Yes. That's a great idea. Um, start a lot of
0: collecting. Baseballs, or you know, um, magnets, or or pins, even.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say a lot of people start the pin collecting at this age, yeah. you know, because it's so much fun for them to trade in the parks. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Although that's, you know, look at how expensive overall that hobby may become if your kid <laughs> is a collect has collectible tendencies. <laughs> Because you may, like, you know, you may find that that's a bad thing. Now, one of the things we've done that someone else in the chat room mentioned is we're doing the press pennies with our girls. And we just first got into that last year when Lily was um, seven turning eight. So, so yeah, we, it's a we great started expensive to, habit.
0: We, s- we started to get into Vinylmation, but then it it only lasted... Maybe six months, and then he's bored with it. And then now, of course, you don't—they don't trade him anymore. So, yeah, you I, get what you get.
1: Mine are into the Sumsums. At least Lily, is. I was going to say Sumsums are—that's a cute collection
2: for kids. And
1: they aren't quite a. I mean, now they're finally starting to make them more park-focused. But for like a long pirates. time, the only place you could get them was World of Disney. Now at least they're available mm-hmm. at a couple more places inside the parks, but. But yeah, I mean, when we were kids, what, we collected, like, the Viewmaster reels. We always had to get a Viewmaster reel everywhere we went. And that's a long, not a long dead art, you know, certainly that some places are reviving it, but.
0: When I was a kid, I collected pennants. Oh, that's neat. So my garage Um, is covered with probably a hundred pennants from all over the all over the trips we made, but then like aunts and uncles would go places back East and would bring me home souvenirs. You know, so I have ones from places that I've never even been to but lots of old ones too. I mean, you know, cause I'm, I'm old. Um, so there's probably ones that are 40 years old.
1: Oh, another, another good thing for them to collect these days that they still have are the little, um, the little figure packets.
0: Oh, do they still have those?
1: Yeah, they do. There's actually a couple different little things that they can that they can collect. Like, you can get them, I know, at Big Top Toys in California Venture. Oh, um, yeah. And I'm trying to remember where you can pick them up in, is it at the Emporium? They have this really, cl- I'm sorry, say that. Is again. it at the Emporium or in the toy store portion of the Emporium? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, they have a, a few, like, little foil packets that have little figurines in them. Those are fun. And they also have this really cool
2: model at Sarge's of Carsland.
0: That's an expensive collection.
2: It's a start. You get them the little cars and then by the time <laughs> they finish they'll they'll have their own jobs and Yeah. You so the, thinking, by the time they, they move out. <laughs> and get the bigger pieces. There's a lot there's a lot of, I also like that they have the jewelry that the girls can make where they get those, you know, those blocks with the letters and those that's another, yeah, um, and little nice charms, things, yeah, that the young girls like, and they have the pirate stuff for the boys. Another thing that um, still children of that age like to do a lot, the girls I see them is the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. Mm-hmm. For something special, I see a lot of little girls dressed up, and there was one um, little girl dressed up, and her brother was too, and he he was younger than she was, and. The, that made it cute, and young girls like to do things like that. Yep, they still can get dressed up.
1: And you can certainly, you know, you don't have to buy your costume there. You can certainly buy, you know, bring a costume that you've gotten at, you know, the, your local Disney store or at Target, anywhere. You can bring those costumes, wear those costumes into the park, and and they'll still do, you know, you can buy the hair separate. Um, You can even do hair in downtown Disney at Anna and Elsa's. Um, so that's definitely a great thing to do. My girls loved that. Heck, we've gotten over a million views on Zoe's, (laughs) Zoe's hair thing when she was (laughs) at Studio three, when Anna and Elsa's was still Studio 365. So that's definitely one. Um, as far as wanting stuffed animals, one of the people in our chat room uh, mentioned um, that they bought Disney character stuffed dolls at the local Disney store and then brought them on the trip. And, you know, gave them to them and brought them on the trip. And that way when, um, when uh, Mark says, when his niece woke up the next morning, she had a new doll on her bed. So she didn't ask for much during the trip because she had her new toys back at the resort. So that's a great way to kind of curb the gimmies.
0: Like our dollar store has tons of different Disney merchandise.
1: Yeah.
0: You could you know do a little gift bag or something to
1: to surprise
2: them when you get to the mm-hmm. hotel. Yeah. yeah. Another thing we did when the kids were that little is um I would buy the glow bracelets from the do- you know, like sometimes in the dollar bins mm-hmm. at Target, yep. they'll have them. Yes. Yep. And then I would get those and then tell my kids to pick children that look like they wanted something but didn't have it and to give it to them. And so they used to do that. And they, they just kind of like teaching them to share. And um they really like
1: doing st- that when we waited for parades and stuff. Yeah, we've done that at Fantasmic. The girls have given other little girls glowberry slits. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, those are always fun things to do. Um, Oh, and another one of our chat people mentioned, you know, doing, um, taking them to Build-A-Bear, you know, having them bring their Build-A-Bear along on the trip and then taking them to get a Disney outfit for it at Build-A-Bear. So you don't have to buy the bear, but you can get the outfit for it. So that's another, another great one too. (coughs) So, anyway, lots of different... I mean, you could let your creativity go at this age bracket. This is truly the age bracket that a lot of people say Disneyland and Disney World were made for. You know, certainly this is the age when the magic is there and the fun is there. And, you know, they're not too old and it's not uncool. And, you know, they're still willing to spend time with you as their parent. (laughs) (laughs) so let your imagination kind of go wild with it. But this is really one of the prime ages, you know, you know, your children best, you know what, they'll be happy with the best. Just, you know, some of the things we talked about as with them as toddlers still applies, you know, let them kind of guide the trip a little bit. Don't make it all about you, you know, as much, make it, um, Make it something where you can explore together. Let them, you know, still stumble on and discover some of the fun things. Especially some of the fun things they wouldn't do when they were younger. And just set your expectations a little wider. But know, too, that, you know, you're still going to have some of the younger child limitations. They're still going to get tired. You know, they're not staying up all night yet. You know, they're not... You know, when we talk about um preteens in our next segment, um, you know, that's going to be a whole different and expanding world. But right now, this is the age they want to be with you. They want to experience things yeah. with you. So this is a good time to watch them grow in Disney as well, I think. So hopefully we've given you some great hints to, you know, help make this time a little better and to understand your child and how they kind of work their way through the park a little better. Um, so feel free to send us any feedback at dealpodcast@wdwinfo.com at com And, Enjoy the, I can ride this year.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, quick, quick thing. I know we've gone a little long on this, but at what age did your kids stop using a stroller?
1: Oh, that's a topic we completely, um, <laughs> we completely dropped out because, you know, it is such a controversial topic and... <laughs> Mine actually stopped using the stroller around about, well, let's see. I had a two year gap. So we had a three year old when we had a five year old. Mm-hmm. I think that Zoe was about six.
0: Right. I think, when we yeah. stopped, yeah.
1: when we stopped taking the stroller. Um, we would use the stroller a little bit for Lily and just every once in a while I ended up having to push both of them in it back to the car. (laughs) Um, but really that was about it. Zoe was perfectly happy to run around and be a crazy loon, you know, cause to her, kindergartners didn't, didn't do strollers. Right. And, you know, she was a big girl in school and she, she wanted that independence.
0: Yeah, I think that was about with West too except we went to when the his, like his first Disney World trip when he was 6 we went to Animal Kingdom and by the end of the day we had rented a stroller.
1: <laughs> yeah, un- unfortunately with the floor you know we don't have that same challenges with the Florida parks. Yeah. You know with that the amount the distance, of space yeah. and ground yeah. you have to cover to just to do anything fun in the Florida parks. Um so it makes it so much easier not mm-hmm. to use a stroller here at Disneyland at
0: that age. That is a huge topic because it's like you know the, the, you have the benefit of the stroller with the storage and all of that and then but then again you're pushing a stroller all day so
1: Right. I mean, it's yeah, I sometimes up- it's hard to wean off the storage. You know, using yeah. it as a storage supply. Yeah. But once we did, and we switched to and and we sort of switched to a backpack. Right. It wasn't so bad, and we don't yeah. even really use a backpack anymore. Um. But keep in mind that you cannot take the strollers past the security tents. You can take them from park They're to rented. park.
0: The rented, yeah.
1: But if you're renting, so. Bringing your own if you have to walk to your hotel is probably the smarter option.
0: I was checking out of a hotel this weekend, and there was a family that was leaving a stroller that they bought specifically for the trip, but that they didn't want to take home with them. Yep. Which was really... And it was a nice stroller. I mean, it wasn't like a little umbrella stroller. It was a substantial stroller that they bought just for the trip and then they didn't want to take it home They're just leaving it for the for the hotel to throw away or give away wow. yeah
1: hopefully they gave
2: it yeah, hopefully
0: to hopefully cause... yeah
1: i'm sure i'm sure somebody probably took it home
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: all right but- sorry but yeah, a, no, that, that is a here. that is a really good point to bring up, and that is going to be a very personal decision yeah. for every single person. It's probably, Mary Jo, and so you say, this is one of the topics good, that gets the hottest on our on our board. Oh yeah.
0: Well, yep. and I see
2: steam coming out of my computer. I know they're talking
0: <laughs> strollers, and again. and just you may not be at a point where you're using a stroller at home. But you may want to at Disneyland because, because you're walking way so much more.
1: Yeah. I mean, if they're yeah. on the younger side, if they're four or five, they may crash out early on you. Yeah. If you're not, if you're planning on doing a commando entire day in the parks, they're going to crash out on you at some point. So you're going to need to be prepared for that and having a stroller at least you can um have them crash and still be on the move. Yeah. But
0: all right. All right. Anyway, sure we'll
1: <laughs> so so yeah, so that elephant in the room is now gone. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Like I said, there's a lot of issues about parenting at this age that is very, they're very sensitive to people and that's a personal decision and other people shouldn't judge even though they do, they shouldn't. So, um, you know, just one of those things. Like I said, it's, it's a great period of time to have your kids.
0: There you go. Alright, thank you, Nancy. Thank you, everyone. That is going to do it for this segment of the Diz Unplugged. Be sure to catch all of our other Diz Unplugged podcasts this week. And, of course, we will be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening.